beloved congregation, the year of our Lord 2023 has begun. And on behalf of my wife and family, I want to wish you all blessed, uh, wish you all a blessed new year, especially our, my beloved consistory, the custodians, the organists, the ushers, the sound booth staff, the catechism students, the children, the elderly, all of you. A blessed new year. I experience it as a gift that the Lord allows us to come together and meet as a congregation to start this new year. A few things weighing heavily on me. Let me share them. In the first place, the weight of possibly being an ineffective, ineffective pastor. And that weighs on me that I should retire when I need to. But also it weighs on me that I should stay being faithful to my calling. So that this we need to weigh. And that's on my heart a lot. May the Lord give wisdom on when to retire. Pray for me. It also weighs on me that the church attendance, not this morning, but all the time, the church attendance is dwindling. And I'd like to ask you for your loyalty, for your faithfulness, for being a full member of the church, to not leave your place empty, to pray for me, to suffer together, and to also follow the Lord. In the last 26 years, it has been a joy to see a number of you dramatically changing. And we hope it is the saving work of God. It has to be a joy to hear that God's people have been fed among us. On the other hand, it weighs on me. It hurts that others are neglecting such great salvation. We have an unchanging God. He calls all of us. He has no pleasure in our death. And it weighs on me that so many are yet unconverted. You know, I, I love you as a people. I love your souls. It concerns me. When I think of you, I always think, is there grace in the heart of that person? Is it well with her? Is it well with her? So that's my, one, of the, one of the things weighing on me, that we need to be saved from the wrath of God. But as I say, we have a God who has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And when that sinks in, you cannot but sing amazing grace, how sweet it sounds to save a wretch like me. A wretch like me. May that be true. That joy gives a peace that surpasses 
our understanding. Uh, that is my hope and prayer for all of you in the year 2023. May the Lord bless. The text for this morning's our sermon is from Psalm 73, the verses 23 and 24. Psalm 73, the verses 23 and 24. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee, thou holding me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. So far. The best promises of the Lord for a grieving people. The best promises of the Lord for a grieving people. Forethought. The Lord is with me. Right? Verse 73. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Secondly, the Lord holding me. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. In the third place, the Lord guiding me. Verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And in the fourth place, the Lord receiving me. And afterward, receive me to glory. So the best promises of the Lord for a grieving people. The Lord is with me. He is holding me. He's guiding me. He's receiving me. Congregation, another year lies behind us, and we have begun another year. Most people just don't think much of that. Many think, well, we will see what's happening. And they just let it happen, let it go. They think, well, we should just be positive, hope for the best. And that's all. But in the Bible we read that it must be prepared and think and consider. Prepared to meet thy God. The prophet Amos said in the fourth chapter. What about Matthew 24? Therefore be ye also ready. So that is the purpose of this morning's our sermon. To be ready when you need it to, to, to be ready. This for, in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Or think of Psalm 4. There be many that say who, should, who will show us any good. Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Also, Psalm 73 is a psalm that makes us think. And may the Lord use it this morning as a preparation for eternity. Psalm 73 can be subdivided in five parts. 
And the last part begins in verse 21. Thus, thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. The verses 21 and, 10, and 22 kind of summarize Asaph's struggle. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. That's a Jewish way of saying things. It says, my heart was grieved. It says, yeasting. It says, bloating. It says, that it's getting sour. Some translate it as embittered. It's a bitter, it's a sickness. And it is as if Asa says, I am nauseated. I am sick. My heart is grieved. I'm sick of this. I suffer of this. I was grieved. My heart was grieved. And I was pricked in my reins, in my kidneys. So I am also irritated. I'm wounded. He was envious and the foolish and the wicked. It went all okay for them. But he was suffering. And why? We do not know what Asa was suffering from, but they have an idea. In verse 14, he writes about it. Verse 14, he says, For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. So every morning he wakes up, he feels it. So he's probably sick. He probably sees death coming. And he knows that he needs to be prepared. And he cannot stand it that so many are healthy and sound, and he is not. But whatever it is, he could not agree with it. And he rebelled. A child of the Lord, right? Asaph was a child of the Lord. But he was making a fist, saying, I can't accept this. I can't handle this. I don't think it's right. I think it's not fair. So he is rebelling against the Lord. He was a fool. He was ignorant. He was a beast before thee, he said. A beast, I looked it up in the Hebrew language. It says behemoth. A beast, a behemoth. I'm just a dumb animal. A water ox. And so he got to know himself. His cross seemed too heavy. God sounded too unreasonable. And therefore he had a desire to puke. Just give up. Just feeling sick and go to bed and put the, put the blankets over your head and just don't think anymore. It was hard. A child of God in a terrible mood. But then it changes in verse 23 also. Nevertheless, nevertheless, although I experience all things, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. So there's a change. Nevertheless, and yet, no, he did not die. He almost slipped. 
He almost lost it and succumbed, but God was good. One day he was in the sanctuary of the Lord and understood the end of the wicked and that they fall into destruction, but that he is actually blessed. Nevertheless, I am continually. They are not the ungodly. But at least I am continually worthy. Who is talking? In verse 23, I, who is I? Nevertheless, I am continually worthy. Who is I? You say the Lord? Well, that's also true. But that's not, not, not what it says. It says, I I'm continually with thee, O Lord. I'm worthy. I seek thee. I want thy presence. I cannot miss thee, O Lord. So that is the effect of God's grace upon the heart of his child. He says, I want thee, O Lord. I cannot miss thee, O Lord. I am continually with thee. There's a commitment. It's a resolution. There is a will that has changed. I am with thee. But they have to admit that it's a result of the Lord saying to him. The Lord saying, I am with you, Asaph. That's why you say that you won't be with me. It is God's work. Let me give you a few parallel verses. Remember Jacob when he was on the run for Esau and came to Bethel and saw that leather and the angels going up and down? He was so fearful. He did not know what was going to happen. He was a refugee. He was running for Esau. And the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, And behold, Jacob, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. Wherever you have to go, I am with thee. I think of Reverend DeLeo Jr. has to leave to the congregation. May those be for him. I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places where thou goest. Isn't that all that counts? I am with thee. God did not send him away, but went with him, and would stay close to him, and make sure all the promises are fulfilled. Also think of Isaiah. In the same order, also mentions, the first thing he mentions is, I am with thee. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Would you like that? For the new year, that you could say this morning hour, 
Nevertheless, I am continually with thee, O Lord, because thou hast been first to come to me. The disciples received the commandment to preach the word. And what did the Lord promise? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. Always. The Lord said to his disciples, I'm always with you. You just have to go into the world and preach the word everywhere, and I will always hear you. Not only sometimes, in certain circumstances, no, constantly. I am continually with thee, because the Lord is continually with his people. He does not forsake them. He does not look the other way. He does not slumber. He does not sleep. He keeps a close eye on them. Asaph believed that, that the Lord would be with him, and therefore he would be continually with him. But what I really like is Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is about death, right? Death. We have to die somewhere. We don't know who's going to die this year. Maybe you, maybe me. You will be surprised. It just comes. And then you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death and just leave things behind and say farewell to your husband, to your wife, to your children. And you just go along. Right? You die alone. You don't die together. Even though if you die together in the same accident, you die alone. Maybe your beloved one is holding your hand and you're dying. But in spite of all that, you have to go alone. And yet, not alone. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No evil. I will fear not. I don't fear any evil. For thou art with me. That's so important to die in the Lord and with the Lord and in his presence. And you go through the valley and then do, do not fear because the Lord is with you. The Apostle Paul also spoke on, on this. Apostle Paul was encouraged to stay in the congregation of Corinth. He was wondering if he should stay there. But the Lord encouraged him. And the Lord said to the apostle, Be not afraid, but speak. And hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. I thought about that, also myself. 
is this also something for me? Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. That's what I hope is my truth. That the Lord still continues, and the Lord may have much people among us. Consider when God is with us, and we have the Creator on our side. Fear not, for I am worthy. We don't need to fear anything. We may stay calm and rest our head on the pillow of God's providence. And Christ promised his disciples to be with them unto the end of the world. And Christ, he was separated. He was separated from his Father. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know why? Why the Lord Jesus felt forsaken by his Father alone in order to bring sinners unto him. So he said, let me then leave, if they may come. Let I be separated from my Father, so my church may be united with the Father. Has that become precious? Have you become keenly aware of your sins and that your sins have separated you from God? Did that hurt you? Was your pain? And then did the Lord lay the choice in your heart? To say, I want to be with him. I want to be before his face. I want to seek him. My soul hungers for him. That is Asaph's prayer. And he prays without ceasing. He continues to pray. And he prays in faith. I hear faith. Nevertheless, I am continually worthy with him. Let's go to the second thought. The Lord holding me. It says, Thou hast holding me by my right hand. When I first looked at that, I thought that means the Lord is still holding the hand of his servant, of his child. But I think we should also, we could also translate this way. Thou hast gotten hold of my right hand. Thou hast taken my right hand. So the Lord has taken the right hand and is still holding it since. In Hebrew, those verbs are different. Something begins and continues. So the Lord is grasping his hand and since keeps his hand. Hold me. God taking the hand. And it says the Lord has holding me, has taken me by my right hand. In other verses in the Bible we talk we hear about God's right hand. So God's right hand and God's people's right hand. It's the right hand of activity, the right hand of awareness, the right hand of being conscious of it. 
or being, or do, do, do things on purpose. We also sometimes sing it, right? My hand is in thy hand. Thou carest for me. So Asaph did not take God's hand. God took his hand. And since that time, the Lord is still holding it. We understood that Asaph had almost slipped, had almost fallen, and that fall had been fatal. But the Lord is holding his hand, keeping him up. We are all prone to fall to our death. And God still will lose salvation if the Lord does not hold them. But the Lord says also in the new year for his people, you are with me, I am with you, and I have taken hold of your right hand. I have begun. I have saved you. I don't let you go anymore. Nobody will pluck them out of my hand. So that is quite a blessing, isn't it? If you may say that, that you are continuing with him and that he has taken your right hand. So the right hand of God, the right hand, your, your right hand, holding it on. You know, we are prone to fall, to stumble, to slip. Our balance is off. We don't have the strength to stand and walk. So we need the Lord's hand. Think of a, a toddler about one year old. Begins to bark. Stands up and falls and stands up and falls and begins to bark. And we just, we love to see it, don't we? And we also take the little right hand. And we just help that little boy to grow and just teach them to walk with two hands sometimes. So the Lord is holding Asa. Listen, I'm holding your right hand. And I keep you up. And I lead you. Do you read about that? Also in Psalm 18. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy right hand has holden me up, and thy gentleness has made me great. So the gentle hand of God, leading and guiding and holding his people up. Fear thou not, for I am worthy, and be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The right hand of God's righteousness. The righteousness in the sense of saving righteousness. Sometimes righteousness is the punishing righteousness. But sometimes the saving righteousness. And here it is the saving righteousness. Upholding the people of God with the right hand of my righteousness. Also in Isaiah 46, 
and even to your old age. I am he. And even the hour, and even the whole house that I carry, I have made, and I will bear, and I will carry, and will deliver you. See that? Sometimes the word arm is used in the Bible for that. Sometimes the hand of God, sometimes the arm of God. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. So the Lord, even in outer sense, holding the people with his right hand, in order to feel that hand and to be upheld by the Lord, we need to feel our helplessness, our weakness. So do we know that? Like in Psalm 130, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Who shall stand? I can't even keep standing. I need the hand of the Lord, I need God's arm to lift me up, to carry me. To teach me to go. Do you need the hand of God? In fact, the Lord is stretching out his hand, his arm, unto the rebellious people. Listen to this. This is for all of you, also for you, unconverted friends. The Lord speaking. I have spread out my hands all the day and to rebellious people which walk in a way that is not good after their own thoughts so they walk on the wrong road they go their own way they are rebellious people and the Lord doesn't say, well, I'm, I don't want you. You first change. And the Lord says, I spread out my hands all the day. All the day. And to such rebellious people. Is that not humbling? Did you hear that, unconverted friends? You're walking away. The Lord says, this first Sunday of the year, I stretch out my arms in there. Because I want to give you this. Nevertheless, I am continually worthy, thus holding me by my right hand. Did the Lord, in his goodness, take hold of you? No, Christ is the good shepherd. He still goes out and he finds the lost sheep and he brings them back to the flock. That's what we are in need of. What a blessing, people of God. He has taken you by his right hand. Nobody can pluck you out of that hand. May they be your comfort also in this new year. Nevertheless, in spite of all the nauseating pain, Nevertheless, I am, I am continually with thee, O Lord, and look with them. 
does hold me by my right hand, Lord, grasps the hand and is still keeping the hand. Third thought, the Lord guiding me. Verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and after receive me to glory. Guide me with thy counsel. The third blessing mentioned here is the Lord's guidance. So often we don't know what to do anymore. We may be at our wit's end sometimes, and the future might look dark and unknown, and we think and we read and talk to other people. What's the best decision? What's next? What's the wisest? When? There? What? And we need advice, right? Advice about our job, about moving, about marrying, about breaking up, about studying, about travel. But we especially need to hear the true advice of the gospel. We need that spiritual guidance through the earth. Oh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. That's our hope and expectation that the Lord is leading. The Lord brings to those quiet waters. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. If you're one of his people, don't worry. Don't worry. You may say, I am continually with thee. Thou hast hold me by my right hand. And you may say to the Lord, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Not my counsel. Not your counsel. His counsel. Psalm 48. What a comfort. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. He will be the guide of his people even to the very end. He keeps going. He does not let them fall. Nobody can plug them out of his hand or the hand of his father. Do you know the example of someone standing behind you and whispering something in your ear? Hey, listen. You say, what do you say? Say it again. And he says it again. That, that's my advice. Isaiah 30. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee. Saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. See, that's how the Lord, the Lord helps and works. He's behind you. He speaks. He continues. So we need that guidance, especially because we are so blind. If you're blind, 
You need someone to lead you, don't you? And we are so blind by nature. Even God's people are blindness. They need that hand of the Lord to say, come, follow me. I'm holding on to you. You're holding on to me. My right hand. Just come, come on. Follow me. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths they have not known. See, it is so detrimental. It is so important to become one of his as rebels fall into the hands of the living God. We need that grace. So the future will be fine, whatever happens. Guide me with his counsel. Oh, that counselor is who? We think of the Lord Jesus being the counselor. We think of the Holy Spirit being the counselor. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he, the Holy Spirit, shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is guiding the church, and he does not speak of himself, but he speaks of Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks of Jesus. He is the guide. He is the comforter. Let us pray, Lord, that he will guide us this new year. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a clean path. But again, unsaved friends, what a counsel, what a guidance for you. The Lord Jesus speaking, I counsel thee, I advise thee, I counsel thee to buy of me, the Lord Jesus said, gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thyself, that thou mayest see. So four blessings. I am continually with thee. Thou hast hold me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide with thy counsel. He knows best. He knows so much better. His counsel. Give it up. Give it over unto him. And fourth, and afterwards receive me to glory. Congregation, suppose that this year you receive the message you have a far advanced stage four cancer. You can only live for so long, we estimate. And you turn your face to the wall, you struggle. I have to die. Think about it, of that possibility. And what do you say? I'm just listening to someone who received that message and is going to die. And she says, he says, you know, pastor, whatever has happened, 
I am continually with him. I am at his feet. I'm seeking him. That's my refuge. I made thee my refuge, my Lord and my God. And she says, he says, and he has holden me by my right hand since my life. And still doing that. Suppose that's your mother, your father. Maybe it's you. And maybe you can say, and whatever happens in the future, I don't know. He shall guide me with his counsel. I just give it over. And what if you could say, if you could hear, and afterward receive me to glory. And then I go home. Don't worry about me. Go home. You know, if you hear it of your father, if he before he dies says, he will receive me to glory. If you may say yourself, or your deathbed, he will guide me in his, his counsel and after receive me to glory. Don't pity me. He's well with my soul. Think about it. Dare to think about it. Dare to make it real for yourself. And just sit down in your chair and just sit back and close your eyes and say, what if I have to die this year? Soon. Receive me to glory. I have said the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That is from Psalm 16. That's a very close Psalm to 73. Do you hear that? Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Not just a little bit. In thy presence, fullness of joy. If that's your future, if that's something you are anticipating, that makes suffering, that makes this life so different, it makes suffering relative. You know how poor the world is, and people don't believe anything. And they're talking to each other. They say, life is rough, right? Life is rough. That's all they can say. No, there's no comfort. There's nothing. Maybe you have support groups. People supporting each other. But what can people give you? You need his counsel, his presence, and his preparation, him holding your hand, and he leading you, and he bring you to glory. I remember a young boy dying in Utrecht when he was an elder there. And he was suffering and yet cancer. He was going to die. And this text of that young boy, I don't know his age. Was he 12 or 14 or so? For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So that was at, at, at this young age, a special text for him. The suffering of this present time is nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed. If you may have that, your, your eye on that, on the end, the eye on the future of God's people, to be received, to be welcomed by the Lord, to glory, obtaining salvation. Therefore, endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Oh, then the fight will be over. Then sin is not separating anymore. Then we are continually with him. There will be a closeness in heaven, a fellowship, a friendship, a love. Then he can say, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee to always be with the Lord. Congregation, consider that scenario of dying. And maybe you need to memorize those verses, 23 and 24, so that you have it with you in the ambulance. With you. But you need to die. And that it might be true, and not this, not this talk. Nevertheless, children, grandchildren, parents, brothers, sisters, don't worry about me. I am continually with him. He has hold me by my right hand. He shall guide you with his counsel. And after it, receive me to glory. Fear not, little flock. It is thy Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen.